0: Good to see you all here. Excuse me while I get set up. Uh, This is our second last week in our uh, series where we're looking at the top four answers, what the world needs most is. Han's already said we're talking about understanding today and I'll get to that in a minute. Next week is our last week, we're speaking about tolerance. Is tolerance what the world needs most? Uh, And I'm really looking forward to hearing what the Bible has to say about that. So, I would love you to please join us again next week. Uh, It'll be a really fantastic time. Uh, Now, as I speak to you from the Bible, uh, we here at Marsfield Community Church believe that the Bible is God's Word and God helps us understand it. So, I'm going to pray now that I'd be able to, by God's power, speak clearly to you and that God would help each of us understand what He's saying to us today. So, please join me while I pray. Heavenly Father, thank You so much that we get to be here together this Sunday morning. Uh, I thank you for this community and I pray that for anyone who's visiting, checking us out, kind of newish here, that they would all be warmly welcomed. Father, I pray for our time now, as we look at the Bible together, that you would help me speak clearly, persuasively, honestly. I pray for everyone here in this building, that as they hear, they wouldn't hear me speak, but they'd hear your voice that hear your words, your thoughts, that learn about your heart, so that we all might be encouraged, that we might see you more clearly and that we might come to know you as our God. In Jesus' name we pray, Amen. Well, there was a US warship uh, off the coast of Ireland in the North Sea uh, and as it was cruising along, they got a radio signal come through, and the radio operator was listening to it and, and it requested that the warship diverted its course 15 degrees to the north to avoid collision. Uh, and the radio operator of this big US warship's like, No, 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 hold on. You divert your course 15 degrees to the south so that you can avoid collision. The radio voice came back through and said, No, you divert. And they are going back and forth uh, for a little bit until finally, The captain steps in and he grabs the radio thing and he says, this is captain of the USS Montana, the second largest ship in the North Atlantic fleet. You will divert your course 15 degrees to the south or I'll be forced to take measures to ensure the safety of this ship and her crew. There's a moment of silence on the radio. The voice comes back over the radio. This is a lighthouse. It's your call. The captain replies sheepishly, we're diverting 15 degrees to the north. Thank you very much. It's, uh, it's good to be understood, isn't it? It's good for people to understand what you're communicating and where you're coming from. And, and sometimes misunderstandings are funny like this, right? Sometimes misunderstandings can be far more severe Little little misunderstandings between groups can lead to anger and hostility and violence. It can lead to real harm, death, things like that. And I think part of it comes from people are just often afraid of what they don't know, what they don't understand. And so misunderstandings hurt all the more when people don't actually work very hard to understand one another. Not being understood can be hurtful, especially when people don't even take the time, but simply just make assumptions and act on them. Imagine if our world uh, was full of people who worked hard to understand one another, really worked at it, put time and effort and energy over days, months and years to understand. I, I I think our world would be a very different place. Imagine all the hate from uh, all the different racial tensions all across the globe. They would just melt, wouldn't it? If we really worked hard to understand one another, racial tension uh, would almost be entirely diffused. The gender gaps would close if, you know, people in power worked really hard to understand people who were different to themselves. Imagine how much more culturally rich and compassionate our communities would be If we worked hard to understand one another, our neighbours, our leaders, the people who we lead, the people who we work with, and I think we all get this, right? And so, the question today is, is understanding what the world needs most? Is that the thing that the world needs most? And today, as we look at this question, I'm going to start by looking at what understanding is and what impact it can have. So, what is it? How does it help? then I want to uh, flip flip it around and go, well, actually, what does it mean to be understood ourselves? Because we all long for that. Then uh, we'll look at how God fits into the picture of all those things, okay? So, that's where we're going. Let me jump into our first point where I want to look at what understanding is and what its benefits are. And the real thing that I want to say, first of all, is that understanding makes for community. Understanding makes for community, and so, what, what do I mean by understanding? I, I think understanding consists of probably three different things. You could probably have a broader definition that includes multiple things, but what I'm talking about today uh, will include three different things. The first is called effective empathy. Affective empathy. Now, what is affective empathy? I didn't know what it was until before this week, so... We're all, we've all learned something new. We're all going to learn something new. This is our ability to feel what someone else feels, right? To feel the same emotion that someone else feels. Uh, so, uh, effective empathy means that uh, when you're excited that your team has won, I can feel excited for you, even though I might not go for the same team. Or, if you're like hands and your team lost yesterday, I can feel the same negative emotions that you feel saddened, despair, defeat, just, you know, I don't know, depression almost. That's the sense I get from you this morning. But more than just feeling what an individual feels, we can feel what a group feels, okay? So, when tragedy strikes a community, we can grieve along with that community. It doesn't just have to be one-to-one, it can be one-to-many. Affective empathy means we feel what other people feel, So that's the first part of understanding. The second part is a little bit different and it's called cognitive empathy. Cognitive empathy means not that we feel someone else's feelings but that we understand them. We understand what they're feeling, why they're feeling it to the extent that they feel it. So uh, again, using the example of someone's team losing, if I don't go for your team, I might not be upset about that but I can understand why you are your team lost, yeah, I I understand that that makes you upset. Or, someone else receives a gift, I'm not as excited because I didn't receive it, but I can understand why they are excited, why they're so happy. Cognitive empathy is about what we understand of other people's feelings, emotions, perspectives, that kind of thing. And so, for less trivial cases of cognitive empathy, it requires us to understand what people value. What they believe about the world, to, to understand how those things shape how they see the world. My cognitive empathy means that uh, I, I will understand the emotions of a Christian different than I'll understand the emotions of a Buddhist because they have different perspectives on the world. And so finally, this brings us to our, to our last component of understanding, affective empathy, cognitive empathy, Cultural understanding. Now, this is really just the the two combined on a broader scale, okay? If we take effective and cognitive perspectives of groups and communities and we put them together, then we can have understanding culturally of people, okay? We can understand what's happening, not just with ethnic groups, when I'm saying cultures, I don't just mean ethnic groups, uh, we can talk about gender groups, socioeconomic groups, subcultures. Uh, cognitive, uh, cultural understanding means we can understand different cultures within our community or within the whole world. So, we have affective empathy, I feel what you feel. Cognitive empathy, I understand what you feel. Cultural understanding, I put those two things together and, and, and I can understand the values, beliefs, things that drive people's emotions, perspectives. Now, if, if our world is to grow in these things, we would have, I'm not going to say complete and utter world peace and harmony because we've seen for the last few weeks that that's not the case, but people would be able to relate better. If I was to able to understand the feelings of my neighbours and of my family and of my friends better, I'd be able to relate to them better. The less I do that, the harder it is to relate. So, let me give you an example of cultural understanding from someone who self-confesses that they didn't do a good job of it. Uh, uh, This is an example from a lady named Tasha. She lives in the United States. She works in a Bible college. She had some new neighbours move in next door, some fresh immigrants from the Middle East, and she thought, well, why don't I welcome them to our street and our community by inviting them to come over? And so she invites them over for dinner, but she didn't have cognitive empathy, Right? She didn't understand their values and their beliefs and how they see the world. So it led to a few little faux pas. Uh, first of all, she wanted to keep the evening quite relaxed. So she's like, come over for dinner. Uh, when they, people arrived at their house, they welcomed them, invited them in, but she was still serving the salad in the kitchen, um, you know, dishing it up, uh, and, and putting the mains on the plates when they arrived. So, so dinner wasn't ready on the table. Uh, once they arrived, they finished that, they put it on the table, they started eating but the mains were on the plate, but the salad was in the middle of the table, right? And she was a bit concerned because her guests didn't touch the salad. They didn't have any of it at all. In fact, they didn't even finish all the food on their plates. And she was a bit worried that maybe she cooked something they didn't like. Um, Like, you know, I'm, I'm glad they tried to eat some of it, but they didn't finish it. They didn't have any salad. They didn't want any seconds. I must have just cooked it, Dad. And she was a bit upset about that, but that's all right. You know, they got through it. They became friends in the end. But what she found out later was actually, her guests thought her American hospitality was quite offensive to them because uh, if if she understood the Middle East culture, she would have understood that when her guests arrive, it is far more polite to have everything ready rather than to keep it casual and, and be preparing as they walk through the door. It's also far more polite to serve your guests the food. So, they're actually waiting for the salad to be served to them rather than serving it themselves. They they wouldn't presume on their host to help themselves to food, they were were waiting for the host to graciously pass it out. And and they were being polite by not eating all the food on their plates, by leaving some to suggest that the host had abundantly provided for them, so much so that they couldn't eat their fill, so they politely left some food on their plate. Do you see how there was a lack of cultural understanding that that led to this kind of awkward encounter? Now, that's not to say that every time you invite neighbours over, go research their cultural history and background stuff. We we learn these things by relating well to others, by asking questions, uh, by spending time with them and, and making some of these faux pas and learning from them, right? But there's an example of someone who lacked cultural understanding. She was very hospitable but just didn't get the culture. So, they're the three aspects of understanding. So, when I'm talking about understanding today, that's kind of what I'm talking about. We can feel one another's emotions, we can understand one another's emotions and perspectives and and ideas and we can combine those two things to understand people and groups. When we have these things all together, we can live in community with one another. Uh, You know, I, I can relate to the people around me, I can love them and care for them and they can do the same for me. When we understand one another, we can talk without miscommunications. You know, I can invite guests over and not have them be offended at how I prepare the salad. Cultural understanding means that we can be in community with one another. Now, this has become a really critical skill more and more because our world is increasingly becoming a global culture. I can easily speak to people in Germany. Very easily, I can speak to someone who doesn't even speak my language. I could speak to uh, people in completely different cultures with completely different understandings of how the world works. In fact, not only can I do this... But we are constantly doing this. Think about your workplace, right? There's a recent survey uh, of workplaces, and this is one of the conclusions they found. So you can see it on the screen there. A recent survey of employees from 90 countries found that 89% of white-collar workers, and that's many of us, at least occasionally complete projects in global virtual teams where members are dispersed around the planet and rely on online tools for communication. I'm sure many of you can relate to this, right? You, you have offices in the States or in Southeast Asia or in Europe or, and, and you're doing conference calls at weird hours of the night just to, like, our work and many of our relationships are quite global. As we work with people around the world, we need to understand them to be able to work well with them not just the language thing, right, although that's important, but understand how they communicate, what their words mean, how they work, their work culture. As we understand people more, we can work with them and be in community with them. Now, that's just work. I'm sure there are other relationships that many of us have that are also global. We constantly mix with people who aren't like us and we need to understand them in order to relate well with them. In terms of conflict resolution, another article says, successful problem solving and conflict resolution largely depends on a person's ability to take the opponent's cognitive and effective perspectives and understand how the conflict appears to the other person and how that person is reacting emotionally and attitudinally. Never heard that word before. Here we go. If a person cannot take the perspective of opponents, then his or her understanding of the issue is limited or incomplete. This is talking about conflict, right? But you can broaden the perspective to just relating well. If, if I'm in conflict with someone, until I work to understand their side, we're not going to resolve the problem well. We might ignore the problem or just tolerate the problem or work our way around the problem, but we can't solve the problem until we understand th- what each other's problem is, to understand our perspectives and our feelings. Now, that's just with problems, right, but as we relate to one another, how can I relate to you and understand you unless I work hard to understand your perspectives and your feelings so that when I invite you over for dinner, I understand how you're going to react to the things that I do as I invite you around for dinner. For communities to work, we need to understand one another. Understanding is critical for our world and it's critical for all of our communities. So, there's some things about understanding, and it's important to start with what understanding is and how it helps us be in community together, but now I want to flip it a little bit, and this brings me to my second point, which is being understood. You see, uh, we all want to be understood, I don't feel like I have to convince you of that, right? We all want people to understand us because we all want to belong to these communities that we need to understand to be a part of. We we want to feel like we belong and that happens only when we're understood by others. One psychologist uh, notes this about uh, her sessions with her patients. I'm always gratified when someone responds to my summarising what they just shared with the single word... Exactly. Why? Simply because I've learned over the years how important it is for people to feel that another can pinpoint their thoughts and feelings, and on the contrary, how upset they can be when they feel when they don't feel understood. In such moments, they experience a break in relationship, and with that, feelings of uneasiness, aloneness, and irritation. Do you hear what she's saying? She's saying, when people are understood, they feel like they belong, they feel like someone gets me and that's such a wonderful feeling. When people aren't understood, there's a break in that relationship. Oh, you don't get me, you don't get what I'm saying. That makes me feel alone because we're not in relationship. That relationship is broken, not completely and entirely, but there's a small break in that relationship. And so, when we don't feel understood, we don't feel like we belong, we don't feel like we have a community around us, we feel alone and isolated. We long to be understood, we long to be known. And this is, you know, this is one thing we long for in marriage relationships, right? Where we're in a long-term committed relationship with someone who knows us and loves us and that relationship is intimate and tight and close because we are understood. And a lot of marriage conflicts come from when we aren't understood. I remember doing marriage prep and we are talking about, you know, you actually need to learn to communicate well. Communication is really important for marriage, so you can understand one another, so you can be in a long-term intimate relationship for a long time without feeling alone, without relationship breaking. But the problem is, we just constantly make being understood really hard for ourselves. We're always making it difficult for people to understand us because we're always, we're always presenting ourselves in a way that we think people want to see us or in the way that we think we, we ought to be seen. Like, we put on these facades so that others will see us the way we want them to. You, you might be here in church today with a, one of those facades up right now, If you're new with us, checking us out, just visiting, I suspect that as you came to church today, you were thinking, oh, okay, I'm going to church, people at church, they're all really good, I've got to make sure that the person I present is good. You might not have had that exact thought in your mind so explicitly, but it just kind of happens. I've got to put my best foot forward so these people don't, don't think I'm a whatever, so they don't know that, Actually, I'm not like them, that, you know, I party and I drink and whatever it is. We keep putting these facades up and you might feel like you need to do that today. But can I just say that actually everyone here knows that everyone here isn't that great. Church is the one place where people get that no one is great, that no one is perfect and we can be honest with one another and I want you to feel comfortable being honest with us You might come here. You could could even be hungover from the night before. We're still so glad that you're here. We love having you here. You don't need to put up a facade. You don't need to hide who you really are from us. We'll love you anyway. We love having people here. Now, why can I be so confident of this? I can speak for myself, right? But why can I be so confident that everyone else here will be like that? Well, it's because what God has done for us. It's because who God is and what He has done for us. God knows us better than anyone else ever possibly could. We all want to be known, right? Well, God knows us. No facade can get in the way of that. Come now to the passage that Vicky, Vic- that Vicky, sorry Vicky, got your name wrong. That Vicky read for us earlier in Psalm uh, 139. Psalm 139. Uh, now, what the Psalm is just a song, right? A song written by uh, God's people, for God's people, to sing to God and to sing for the community, to sing together, to be encouraged by and sharing these feelings and emotions together towards God, okay? So, this is, this is a song written to sing to God and look at the very first verse of this song, Psalm 139, I think I have it on the screen there for you. I'm going to read it straight from my Bible, so that you know I'm not just making this stuff up. The, the song goes like this, I'm not going to sing it. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. God knows us. God knows us. Just come down to uh, the third verse of the song, uh, where there's a little 13 uh, at the front. For you created my inmost being, you knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, your works are wonderful, I know that full well. My frame is not hidden from you. When I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body, all the days ordained for me were written in your book, before one of them came to be. God knows us, God knows us better than anyone could ever possibly know us. God knows me better than my wife could ever possibly know me. In fact, God knows me better than I could ever possibly know myself. God knows us intimately, He understands us. He has a perfect grasp of our emotions and beliefs and ideas and perspectives. He knows my thoughts and desires. He knows who I am and what I am. He knows everything I've ever thought or ever done or ever will think or ever will do. He even knows everything about me that I'm ashamed of. He knows everything about us that we're ashamed of. He, he knows all the things that we normally hide from one another. He already knows those things. All, all those things that, you know, usually we don't want other people to see so that they won't understand us. God already knows them and He already understands us. You know, back in my childhood home, uh, there was uh, photos of me and my two brothers and sisters. Like, we had family photos, family portraits together and all the kids got an individual photo, Right? Now, the day before the photos, I face-planted and busted my lip right open, okay? So, my two older brothers and my sister all look nice and cute and great, and there I am with, like, a goofy smile because I've got this huge fat lip that's, like, busted open, looking like a pretty big doofus. I don't like people seeing that photo about me. I I, I never really liked having friends over with that photo out because it's, like, right in the living room where everyone can see it, and they would be like, oh, Tim, look at your face. I'm like, yeah, thanks. It's an embarrassing photo. I don't like people to see it. I I have no idea where it is now, okay? Uh, Hopefully, my mum's packed it away when she moved and it's long gone, right? I don't like people to see that photo. I want that part of me hidden away, but God knows it. Even though I'm embarrassed about it, God knows it. Now, does that make me feel more embarrassed? Well, it could. If God knows the things I'm ashamed of, that, that could make me feel more uncomfortable, But actually, when we understand who God is, it doesn't make me feel so uncomfortable, it makes me feel free. I don't have to hide. I don't have to put the energy in to keep up some facade to trick God, because He already knows me. It is really freeing that God knows me. There's no point trying to hide. He already knows about that photo, but also about all the other things I've done that I'm ashamed of. And God loves me, warts and all, busted lip and all I guess, He loves me. Even knowing the things I'm deeply ashamed of, God loves me, God loves us. Remember that verse Hans said at the start? For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son. God loves every single person in the world. You can replace world with your name there, but, but it's helpful to see that God loves me, God loves you, God loves everyone so much so that He sent His Son for us. That's what that verse is really saying and He sent Jesus knowing everything about me, even the things I'm ashamed of. He sent Jesus knowing everything about you, even the things that you're ashamed of. God understands us better than anyone ever possibly could. Now, this brings me to my last point, God's community. If we need to understand others to be in community with them and if we need to be understood to be in that community, well, because God knows us, there's an opportunity to be in God's community. Uh, understanding makes community. That's, that's the first thing we said. So now I want you to come to the part of the Bible, the other, the other reading that Vicki read for us in Luke chapter 7. So come on over there with me if you don't have a Bible, that's okay, I'm going to put the verses on the screen, but if you don't own a Bible, come grab me after the service we we have Bibles to give away, I would love to give you a Bible. So, if you would like one, come let me know. So, Luke is, it's one of the four biographies of Jesus' life we have in the Bible. Four biographies means we've got lots of information about Jesus, who He is, what He did, what He said. This just comes from one of them Uh, and we have a story of Jesus, Uh, going to dinner with a Pharisee, who's a religious leader. Like, you can kind of think of them like a a priest or a pastor or something like that. Now, look with me uh, at uh, sentence 36. Uh, On the screen, you'll see it from sentence 37, but I'll read the one before it so that you can uh, have a bit of context. Uh, So, when one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. A woman in that town, who lived a sinful life, learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee, who had invited him, saw this, he said to himself if this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of a woman she is, that she is a sinner. So, this woman comes and loves Jesus so much, she's crying all over his feet, wiping them clean with her hair, which by the way, back then they didn't have enclosed shoes like us and paved roads, they had sandals and dusty, dirty roads full of, you know, Camel and horse and and donkey poop just everywhere. Like his feet were not clean and she's cleaning his feet with her hair. She gets her jar of perfume and pours it all over his feet. But what kind of woman is she? The Pharisee knows. The, the, The religious leader, he pays attention. He knows exactly what kind of woman she is. She is a sinner, which likely means she was a prostitute, right? And this prostitute is coming to Jesus and doing this to her to his feet. And you can kind of understand what the Pharisee's thinking right now. Jesus, do you know who she is? Do you see what she's doing, wiping your feet with her hair? That's a bit weird. Jesus, clearly you don't understand her because if you did, you wouldn't let her do this. But the thing is, Jesus does understand. Jesus understands perfectly well He even understands what the Pharisee says to himself, what he's thinking to himself. Did you catch that very next verse, verse 40? After the Pharisee says that to himself, Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Jesus knows the Pharisee, Jesus knows exactly who this woman is. And he loves her and he welcomes her. But more than that, he forgives her. He knows her shameful past. He knows her sin, He knows that she's a sinner and He doesn't say, get away from me, you sinner. You don't deserve to even be near my feet. He welcomes her and says, your sins are forgiven. All those things that you're ashamed of in your life have been wiped clean. They are gone. Jesus knows her and loves her. He forgives her and so He welcomes her into His new community. Jesus says, you can now be a follower of me, you can now be part of my new community, the community that God builds around Jesus. You see, when we come to Jesus and are forgiven of all the things that we are ashamed about, we can now finally be a part of God's community, where we are part of the community of other people who are forgiven sinners, who know Jesus and love Jesus because Jesus knows them and loves them. There's another part of the Bible uh, that I'll read out for you. This comes from a letter written by the Apostle Paul and he says this. It comes from a letter called Ephesians, chapter 2. I'll pop it on the screen so you can read along with me. No, I won't. Sorry about that. You just have to listen. In Ephesians, chapter 2, Paul writes this. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away... Have been brought near by the blood of Christ. I skip down a few sentences. Consequently consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. God welcomes us into His community. He invites us to be part of His community. He says, you were once far and separate from me, now you're welcomed in. And every, every type of person can be in this community. Foreigners are now citizens. Anyone can be part of God's community, so we can relate to anyone in the world through the common understanding of we are forgiven in Jesus. Those things that I'm so ashamed of are wiped away. Which is why we here at church who who call this place home, who follow Jesus, we don't need to worry about putting up a facade for one another because we know we're all forgiven sinners. We know we all have things that are shameful in the past, we know they're all being forgiven by Jesus. And that's why we want you to feel comfortable to be who you are here. We want to understand you and welcome you into this community. Uh, Maybe you're here today wondering, Tim, I came to hear if understanding is what the world needs most and what you've really said is being understood is what I need most. Yes, okay? It is probably a bit different to what you expected but I think it's far, far more important than understanding one another. That God understands you, loves you and forgives you. We want to know you like God knows you. We want you to join us because like God loves you, we want to love you. So, hang around. After the service, we'll have morning tea together. Hang around and and join us for a cup of tea. Get to know some people, meet them, have a chat with them, tell them who you are and where you're from. And We love to get to know people. And come back next Sunday and and do the same thing. But the reason why we love having people in our community here, we love people, but we love them to hear the life-saving message of Jesus. We love for people to hear that Jesus loves you and wants to forgive you and all you have to do is come to Him. We love it when people come to understand that. So please join us and investigate these things with us. Come to a fresh look on May 18th uh, and hear what Jesus has done in more detail. Ask your questions, let us know what you think. But don't just dismiss this community out of hand. Don't just think churches are full of goody two-shoes, that's not my crowd, I'm not going to bother. I suspect that if you're here checking us out today, that might not be your, what you're thinking, but it needs to be said. Let me summarise to finish. Understanding others is good in our global world, it's important, we need to do that to relate well to the people who we work with, who we uh, relate with in our communities and neighbourhoods and things like that, we need to understand others, we need to have that cultural understanding but we also need to be known so that we can belong and God knows us and loves us what's and all and invites us to belong in His community where we will be forever. I think that's far, far more important. How about I pray? Heavenly Father, thank you that today you have shown us that you do know us and that knowing us, you still love us. I pray for those of us today wrestling with whether uh, we want to be part of this community, whether we want to come to know Jesus as our Saviour and the one who forgives us. I pray you would help them make good, wise decisions to investigate these things well. Help us as a church community here at MCC love everyone who comes and investigates these things. I pray that everyone here would feel like they belong because they are understood. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.